So the next great actor uh, to come from sports is obviously going to be Travis Kelsey, right? Maybe. <laughs> he's got he, he's got some like you know comedic talent. Like he just seems like natural, and he's he's natural in the spotlight. Like you can see that. But I don't know to be able to say that. Like you know, like it's to me though, it's hard for these athletes to become just like straight up like good actors. Yeah, like you don't you don't see it. I mean, Dwayne Johnson like is obviously giant, the he pinnacle. He looks like a giant Hemsworth brother. But see, wrestling's <laughs> different because in wrestling, you're acting in wrestling. Like, exactly. that is a so, performance and everything. Like, you're putting on a persona, you're acting. He was obviously Whereas, nervous. His monologue was awesome, though. He crushed the monologue. Uh, the, the one with the NFL players picking up chicks was awesome. The one with the fucking dolls was weird, bro. Oh, you had to buy into them dolls, man. I I wasn't like whatever real people He started turning the heads and like making them dance. And see, I only saw a couple clips, but like what I saw, like comedy is just not what it was like, especially like live or TV comedy like that. Saturday Night Live, period, is just not the show that it was five, ten years ago when Bill Hader was there, the goat. All of them, like Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey, like, I mean, hell, Chris Rock and them were on it back in the day. Like, the, Saturday mean, you, Night Live was awesome. It used to be that that's where, I feel like Pete Davidson Jason ruined Stankus. it. Everyone's just like, Pete Davidson's really not that funny. And he came from SNL, so, eh. See, I, I mean, think he's Pete crushing it now. hilarious. I think that he makes good movies. I think that that one with Bill Burr was got uh, good, but it wasn't exactly funny. See, I, I think he's hilarious just because he's like the type of hilarity of you're hanging out with the boys and you just have that one friend that says off the wall shit that just like catches you off guard. You know, you've always got to have that guy in the friend group. You but you're in here yourself? with our friend group, everybody. <laughs> What's up? Welcome back to the Pro Football Pod. We're uh, doing this again here for you. Episode 30, big milestone for us and the boys. How's it going, fellas? How was your week? Big big news coming out this week, all week long. Hey, big news. Great combine. Got some dogs coming out that combine. Some serious talent. I feel like, honestly, for like it being offseason, it's been nonstop uh, all week with news. It was this off. I, I love the offseason. The offseason is my favorite part of the NFL year. Like, I love the games. I love watching football, but I love the off season. I love just the moves, the draft picks, the free agency, where's people you, going. You never know what's going to happen. Like randomly. Next. It's all, like, exactly. It's, it's you'll the wake unknown. Up it's awesome. I feel like yeah. it's such a dolphins fan thing to love the off season because we it is so rarely win the regular season. Yeah. So winning the off season is like a potential thing for us. Hey, the dolphins are like, out of the last 10 years, they've won like six of the last 10 off seasons. I mean, that's what I'm go. saying, man. That's a pretty good record. That's, That's a, like dynasty. a dynasty. Dynasty of the offseason. Like, um, come on now. So uh, touch on this topic real quick, just because it's out there and it broke a little bit before we actually started recording. Joe Mixon, apparently kids shooting Nerf guns out in his front yard, and he just pops them in the leg with a real gun. Um, so he's, <laughs> he's under some shit right now. Yeah, that's not okay. That's, uh, that's not what you're supposed to do. And I'm pretty sure that it's like a really nice neighborhood. Isn't there streetlights and stuff? Like, 
I'm sure he's got a giant house. How did he even hear them kids? And if you hear them kids, they're kids. It's 11 years old. They're screaming. High-pitched voices. Like, do you really think they're out there shooting real guns? Like, has somebody tried to rob his house before? That's what I want to know. Like, was he just on edge already about something? How do you not say something first? You just point and shoot? Like, you just go out there and start popping shots? What's that all about? No yeah, warning not, shot, nothing. Yeah. Not an ideal situation for the Bengals right now. They just lost their starting running back. Luckily, they have free agency and the draft to fill that hole. But, man, that sucks. Like, Joe Mixon was a top five running back at, at this point, And, like, he's gone. There's no way that he's going to just, like, play next year because of this. Joe Mixon and Kamara are gone this season. I got perfect, you know, replacements for him. Bijan and... Uh, and... and- and your boy and Gibbs. Big, and your boy Gibbs. Your boy Gibbs. Gibbs. We'll, <laughs> touch, we'll touch on him later yeah, for yeah. sure. So, you know, in some brighter news, better news, Derek Carr got his bag four years, $150 million with the Saints, going down to New Orleans. Is that how you say it? Nolens. 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 My parents actually just went there on our anniversary. I've never heard a bad thing about somebody taking a trip to New Orleans. Nobody has ever had a negative thing to say about it. It's always, I love the food. It was a great time. I love the atmosphere. The music was awesome. Like, nobody ever says, like, any, like, scary stories. Like, I almost got jumped. I almost got robbed. Like, you know, somebody followed me down an alley. None of that. You don't have any, like, gross stories of, like, where New York just smells like piss and vomit everywhere. Fish and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the party central of the South. Like, that's that's what it is of like that whole because florida's not in the south if we're being real so like of like all of the south everyone just goes to nolens this is almost got the vibes because think we got to remember of where he was at in his career when he went there but it's almost got the vibes of drew Brees coming to new orleans he's gonna be I the best quarterback it. in the division there's He's just no sean ready Payton. to win in that division like if there was there's a sean, no sean Payton. Payton. Yes, like if there was a correct. Sean Payton Big there and, and that's where Sean Payton should have stuck around. But I think Sean Payton sees the cap issues. We, we, we already touched on the Saints, I think, last week or the week before uh, and some of the issues that they're having. Right. Oh, no, no, that's I'm sorry. That's one of the things we're touching on tonight. Yeah, How we got you, the Saints today, baby. That's right. Sir. How do you think uh, the, the relationship between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr? You think he was just like, yo, peace out. But like now he's stuck in Raiderland like. I mean, he got that's, a lot of money to get to play yeah, in Las Vegas. A lot of money, and uh, he knows that Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily going there. But he, Josh McDaniel's system is a great system to be in. I'm thinking that Devontae Adams had to have some of that in his mind whenever he went there. It's not about the quarterback throwing him the ball, more like the guy that's going to get him the ball, or the money put in your wallet. Yeah, I mean that's always big. Other big quarterback news: uh, Geno Smith gets his extension, Daniel Jones gets his extension, and Lamar gets fucking tagged. I think Lamar getting tagged is probably what everyone was expecting. Honestly, all of these are what everyone was expecting. The non-exclusive tag. Yeah, exactly. Do you see anybody actually buying into that, though, and signing him to a long-term deal, and then Baltimore saying, no, we're not going to match that deal? Like, at this point, they're probably just going to match what anybody else will offer them, right? See, with the non-exclusive tag, I don't think it's the 
signing him to the long-term deal or the money. I think it's the having to give up two first-round picks and then sign him to the long-term deal and the money, knowing he wants out of Baltimore. And if they're putting this on him this year, he's, go- he's more than likely gone next year unless Baltimore is willing to pay him $235 million guaranteed. He is wanting more than what Deshaun Watson got, rightfully so. Even if it's but, a dollar more. Like, he just wants more than what that man has. He's exactly. like, that man That man be raping and, and whatnot, and I'm, I'm not even doing none of that. Exactly. And, well, what's weird, though, and, like, it's just fishy, is how so many teams that need quarterbacks have, are, have c- just come out already and said that they're not interested. They're not talking to them. They're not trying to, you know, work anything out. So it makes me think, one – they're these teams early in the draft that are trying to see if they're going to get a rookie or not. Or, we've said it before, they're just chilling, waiting for next year's draft, waiting to see what they've got in their young quarterbacks and stuff like that, and they're just not willing to pay the money. Because Lamar's great, he's a game changer, but a lot of these coaches don't want to have to engineer an offense around a quarterback who cannot beat you with his arm. If Lamar sits back there in the pocket all day, He's not going to tear you apart. He has his games where he does have efficient passing games. Give him but some it's receivers. Not, it's not consistent enough. He's gotten a couple. Health, I mean, healthy they, they drafted, they they drafted healthy, Brown. They drafted Hollywood Brown. Then they drafted Rashawn Bateman. And like They've drafted dudes. They've brought in talent. He does so much work that it's got to just open up. Like That's why these receivers are open. Because of how I much think that's why Geno got pressure paid. On the defense. I think that that's exactly why Gino got paid is because Gino proved that he could fit into a system that you don't have to re because the biggest problem with Baltimore isn't that when Lamar's there, but now whenever he goes down, now their whole offense has to change because no one else is Lamar Jackson. Well, not even that, but look at the backups. They almost are forced to have like Tyler Huntley is solid. He made the pro bowl. You know, we, you know, questions about that just rightfully so, but he made it, okay? But he fits that style of what they've built Lamar. Tyler Huntley goes down, a slip in my complete brain, but their third string plays the exact Trace same McSorley. style as both of them. Yep, McSorley. 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 Well, McSorley was in Arizona this last year. Oh, well, they had a bus. But still, yeah, yeah. no, still, they drafted him. Like, same type of player, like... Number one, so they're option is your leg. Number two, and option none is of them, none of them are as good as Lamar Jackson. So as soon as he goes down, now my offense is diminished by twenty percent at least, just because my best position. If the whole reason I do down. this, but not totally true. Like Trey Lance went down, and Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. I mean, I know but that the 49ers is a different got him a situation. Bad draft pick. That's the 49ers? all he got was a, Yeah, he got him a bad draft pick. They could have losing your quarterback like that. You could have had a shitty season, had a great draft pick, and just stacked on that team some more. Uh, Definitely been in the Super Bowl. Was sent to Miami actually, so they didn't have a first rounder this year, anyways. Well, that's why they had to go guns blazing. (laughs) I just I feel like whenever you have a quarterback that just 
now my system is a system. My quarterback, yeah, like uh, my, I have a timing system or a, a deep ball system or short passes, intermediate. Like there's there's things like that, and you need to have players that fit it. I just think it's easier to find and run things like that whenever you have a quarterback that's known for throwing instead of like Justin Fields is going to run into the same exact problem if he doesn't immediately take jumps with his arm. Like if he stays pitch and hold with only running the ball, then he's never going to get a big contract. Justin we just, Fields is a more talented thrower than Lamar. I agree, but he has to show it. Like, he has to show it in the NFL. Like, he was in college a lot better of a thrower than Lamar. So, Dan- Daniel Jones wanted 45. He got 40 mil a year on average. He yep. can get out of that deal, or the Giants can, within about a two to three years. So, you know, they don't have to do the whole thing. So, but... I get signing him because we talked about it in a few pods. You know, there's upgrade-wise. They're not picking early enough in the draft. They're not going to try to pay somebody like Derek Carr to come in. They weren't trying for Geno. Like, they're not trying for one of these top-tier guys. So, I get having to sign him, essentially. And to me, like, in a few years, this deal will seem like a mid-tier bargain. However... Daniel Jones, I saw a stat get put out there today that he has never thrown for more touchdowns than games played in any season that he's played in his career. He played 16 games this year through 15 touchdowns. Last year, he played like 10 or 11 games. He threw like nine touchdowns. They just paid a quarterback that only threw 15 touchdowns, $40 million. They're paying a quarterback that doesn't even finish seasons, $40 million. granted, Granted... he played almost the full season this year and Bri- and Brian Dable. It was his first year with him. So to me, as a Giants fan, you know, with Dolphins fans, with Tua and McDaniel, we're kind of looking at this same little thing here in the future. To me, them investing in him says Dable is confident that he can at least continue to develop him and get him where, you know, he believes he could be. Because we did see improvements in his game, maybe not necessarily on the box score, but there was improvements in his game this year. A lot of people give Brian Dable credit for making Josh Allen who he is right now. Like that Josh Allen is Josh Allen because of Brian Dable. I think that at this point, the Giants are showing a trend, though. Olivier Vernon, uh, five or six years ago, become the highest paid defensive end and they way overpaid him for what he was like worth. Then um, with Kenny Galladay a couple years back, they just dropped him for the team. And now Daniel Jones, 160 mil just seems like a bit much. I understand that you've got to negotiate, but this isn't even like a a contract. They're extending him. They're still having him play out his fifth year. And now he's just going to get 160 for four years after this season. So I feel like it would have been smarter Four to years just is crazy. I, I mean, he'll he'll barely he'll be like twenty eight, you know, twenty nine whenever he gets done with this contract. So then he can get a real one if he's real. But the one thing um, is that after two years, they're not really going to owe him anything. A lot of the guarantee is tied up in those early years, so it's not like they have to keep him for four. After the next two or three seasons, they can get an idea of what he is and then just move on. The big hope for the Giants is that Brian Dable is enough of a a guy that he can make this worth it. Getting Saquon and Danny Dimes means that you get to keep a lot of your offense, and with how early the... um, 
the Giants are drafting this year, obviously receiver is a big key for them. But you I just guys, don't, I cannot buy into Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, I'm not at all. Uh, I'm not buying into it. Not not yet. I I have to see more. Uh, Dallas tagging Pollard means that Schultz is uh, Schultz is probably on his way out. That's good. That's uh good that we signed uh, tagged Pollard. Pollard, you know that's the talent. You don't want to let go. Absolutely can't. And you can't re-sign him yet either because you still have Zeke there. Hopefully, if this is Zeke's last year, then you re-sign Pollard next year and have your kind of carousel of running backs going on. Honestly, I think it's like, for me, if I was a Dallas GM and I was, you know, Steven Jones and Jerry, I'm sitting there looking at it as, I'm going to tag Pollard, and if he outperforms Zeke again this season, then Zeke is gone. Yeah, that's already like known that Zeke's gone next year. This is like yeah. known that this is his last year. They he knows that. going I mean, into this past season. Go into this past season, they were still like, no, Zeke's our guy. Zeke's our guy. And then as the season went on, Pollard became more and more of just you absolutely cannot not give him the ball. He was winning you guys football games. So I feel like the halfway through the season was whenever it. It really did become the 1A, 1B in Dallas's mind. Before that, it was always Zeke is our guy. That's why we pay but him. But he still, he, Pollard needs that 1A, 1B factor to be that 1B guy, I feel like. <sighs> That's what like I think is interesting. He just needs that power punch to be that lightning. So a lot know, of people said that about Austin Eckler whenever he had Melvin Gordon. And then because he had such high efficiency with the little amount of carries that he did get, they were like, but that's only because he's coming in after Melvin Gordon crushes it. But then Melvin Gordon left, and then even with another small sample size, Austin Eckler got to explode. I think that Pollard could do that because he catches the ball out of the backfield. And Pollard next season will be the starting running back, I believe. It's just Zeke is going to be our in the end zone, punch it in, like... He's Good shown call. that he's the goal Marion Barber goat. Like the like he's just yeah. racking up tutties. Josh Another Jacobs run. needs yep. needs somebody. Took he needs somebody right like that. Mouth. Like he needs somebody else. Uh, they tagged him, but like he needs help, man. He, he can't he do it all himself. Thirty-five carries a game, like down the nah, stretch, bro. is what he was averaging. Like as a fantasy owner of him, it was awesome. Will I invest in him again this year? Probably not. Like, you got what you were going to get out of him. I rode him all the way to the championship game. Solid. But that was our peak there, brother. Like, not this season. Especially with the tag, I think this is a totally different situation. The Cowboys tagged Pollard because they want to utilize him in the future. The Vegas tagged Josh Jacobs to abuse the fuck out of him this season. For one more Ride him till the wheels fall off. And then he's gone. So, I, I don't... I don't know. It's smart from the organization standpoint. He has to do it, and then he just performs again. If he performs again, he could be in an Adrian Peterson type position where, even though it looks like he should be leaving because this new guy is going to come in and take his shit, that he's going to go somewhere else and get paid heavy because he's still performing at a high level. And I don't know why I didn't ever think of it, but the Jags ta- uh, tagging Evan Ingram is genius to me. Genius. Like, he's a I'm, tight end. I knew he was set for free agency and they've got all this cap space locked up and like their wide receivers and stuff. But I forget, you know, like Trevor Lawrence, rookie deal, Travis Etienne, rookie deal. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin. Well, Calvin Ridley 
is still going to be on his, on his rookie deal. He's on his last year of his rookie because, deal. Yeah, because he got fucking suspended. Man, yes, holy shit. So they, they, yeah, okay, yeah, and that was he went off this last year. He was yes. a great target for Trevor. Had his best season to date. Like all those guys had their best seasons. Yeah, like, Evan Ingram. All, all three of them looked so similar in like their actual production on catches, yards, touchdowns, like. All three of them across the board were average, which you don't want to see when you pay Christian Kirk what you do. But that's why it's so genius to fucking tag Evan Ingram. But I will say the Jaguars getting good scares me because I don't want them on Sunday night football because I know, Colby, how you feel about Chris Collinsworth. But if I have to hear Chris Collinsworth say Evan Ingram is more like a bigger wide receiver that can just stay on the inside of the line and block every now and then 20 times a game. I'm <laughs> probably going to wheel my own chair down there and throw him off the balcony. Yeah. I've seen your, uh, your, uh, driveway. I feel like a nice little sled down the driveway head first and you'll be out cold. I'll, I'll make it there. Well, one, <laughs> one, one roll down my driveway. I'll make it there in one push. I don't even have to touch the ground again. Uh, a couple guys set to hit free agency. Looks like Orlando Brown, Eric Hendricks. I think that Eric Hendricks uh, being released Ooh, is really, really stupid. I think He's, Orlando Brown being like them not even tagging him. I think yeah. that's crazy to me. Like the Chiefs, like he is a staple of your offensive line, and you're just letting your best linemen go. Well, they're we letting Frank Clark go too. Like a... I think Frank Clark makes more sense. Because he really didn't have that great of a season. It looks like Chris Jones is the guy, not like this one-two punch with him and Frank. So I feel like they're they're probably going to draft somebody this year uh, if they're letting how Frank you, go. How do you know Orlando Brown doesn't want to be let go to go get some more money somewhere? That, that's very not a well, bad call. That could, that could be what it is. I mean, that's why Tyreek left. Is all their yeah, money yeah. is tied up in Mahomes and Kelsey for the exactly. Most part. Exactly. Hey, living in uh, Kansas City isn't the best place, you know. <laughs> We've been out there. Now, I heard, I heard Great some garbage. shit uh, oh, yeah. about Derrick Henry being added to the trade block, and then I heard Tennessee say that that wasn't a possibility, and I can't figure out which one's the lie. I want to say that it's Tennessee. Tennessee's the one lying, that they're actually putting him on the trade block, but just not trying to make it, like, public. If or Tennessee's putting anyone on the trade block, it better be Tannehill. But that's what I was about to say is the fact that they came out this last week and emphasized that Tannehill is their quarterback. They're not moving on for him. And for me, if you're going to say that about Tannehill and then you're going to put Derrick Henry on the trade block. Just blow I, up the whole team, man. Fuck I mean, it. I will say Tannehill, though, he's hitting them for $35 million on the cap. Like that contract is awful. Awful so for and is it guaranteed still? They they owe him like there is uh, no letting him go. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure, and that's the problem is nobody's going to take on that contract. And, and why so would you? you why you, would you? But why would you? If that's my thing though, is if you're willing to keep Ryan Tannehill, if you give away Derrick Henry, you're making that team Ryan Tannehill's team. We've seen what Tannehill does when he is the only person on that team. He it does just, nothing. It's not going to work. He's, he's trash. Um, other news, Allen Robinson looking like he might be playing for his fourth football team. Uh, if 
another team is even willing to take a chance on him. After watching some of the film from last year, the way that he looked, like he didn't look like he gave a fuck. Maybe that's because he just didn't like Sean McVay. He thought he was too short, but I, I don't know what it was, but he doesn't look like he wants to play football. I don't really see anybody signing him to anything more than like a four or $5 million contract at this point. He gave me vibes of a guy that was told in the offseason when they signed him, like, you're going to come in here, you're going to take so much weight off of Cooper, you're going to get all these extra targets, and yada. And then he started playing the games and realized, oh, shit, Cooper Cup still gets, like, 15 targets a game. What the hell am I even doing? Which I kind of understand, but also, like, you're a pro. Like, go out there and fucking play. and like Go out there and get your, open. Do your, like, your job. Fuck. You're not going to not get the ball if you're open all the time. Like, that's the thing I hate about receivers. That's not a bad call because they need some veteran help uh, with something like that. And he's at least enough of a a DeAndre Hopkins type where he can high point, number one receiver, run all the routes. Like, that's a really good spot for him. And with the whole trade thing going on, they could even potentially package DeAndre Hopkins for Allen Robinson. And now look at DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup. Uh, that's a little bit scary. That would be kind of wild. That really would. The Rams are clearly just looking to start cleaning house, which is kind of wild because, I mean, you've got, well, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, they're all on the, you know, plus side of 30. So they're getting, in football terms, they're getting old. So Isn't Sean McVay on his way out as well? Like, isn't that like a known thing? uh, Yeah, I think that whole franchise is getting ready to start their rebuild in like the next season or two. And this is just the beginning of what we're seeing. If Jam, if Jalen Ramsey gets traded, it's full on. They're ready for their rebuild. And they're just doing this last year with Cooper and Aaron Donald. If he comes back and Matthew Stafford, you got to pay the Piper Jaylen's eventually getting traded. Like look what every move that they made over the past five or six years on like getting rid of all their first round picks and just like everything that they've done as an organization has been so risky. They won a Super Bowl, but like if they continue to live in that space, they'll never be able to make it back. Like they'll never be able to accumulate enough again, like the way that they are right now, especially if they just get rid of their picks and never get young. So another guy set to hit free agency, Byron Jones getting most likely he'll be getting cut from the Dolphins. We talked about that. 13 million cap space they're going to save themselves he was out all year last year he's already said he can't walk and run or anything like that so he may straight up just retire which i don't know what that does with the cap situation as far as the dolphins are concerned it's not my job to really worry about that it's not my money but i just want to go ahead and squash the other shit that's coming out there with oh well tom brady might unretire and the dolphins are a possibility again because you know two is health and no Dolphins, front office, Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, everybody has came out and said Tua is their quarterback for the next season. They're all Any rumor that you hear pop up is absolute utter horseshit, and people are just trying for clicks. For the next Literally. three games. Now, something that I did hear that games. was interesting is the Jets didn't send a plane to Rodgers. They brought the Jets to Rodgers. Really? The Jets yeah. flew out to meet with Rodgers. I mean, that's yeah. that's one way to get him because I'm telling you, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I do not want to go to New York. Like, why the fuck would I go play for New York whenever I'm playing in Green Bay right now? What I will say, though, is, okay, 
we talked about this. I talked about this last season. Him, the way they lost that last game, you had to win. You had to beat your division foe. It's the Lions, bro. You have to beat them to get into the playoffs. You lose that game. I, I said, I feel like his legacy took a little bit of a hit. In the grand spectrum of his career, he's still one of the GOATs. Like, there is no denying that. But here Multi lately... Multi-MVP, Super Bowl winner... Here lately, it's starting to get talked about. So my thing, you go to the Jets, you go to the AFC East. The Dolphins are talked about constantly on the come up with Tua and that offense and Tyreek and the boys. You've got Josh Allen, who is talked about in every breath with the top quarterbacks consistently. Buffalo is a Super Bowl favorite for the last three or four years consistently. If you can go into that division, you can beat Bill Belichick twice a year with the New York Jets, a team that Belichick has dominated his whole career. To me, you win out, you win the division, you make it to the playoffs, you go deep in the playoffs with the fucking Jets. You kind of fixed anything about your legacy. They'll probably just put a statue out there for you just because. I mean, that's what Brett Favre did. Made it to the AFC Championship game with the Jets. He's following Brett Favre's career to a well, T. Well, he's got to go to Minnesota first, and that's not going to happen, at least not right now. That'd be interesting as fuck, actually. If he went and played with J.J. and gave him uh, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin I Cook. Mean, and, you know, like, that would be interesting. But the Jets, man, come on. Who wants to play for the Jets? Now, right, I will say, enough. though. As a, Dol- one podcast. As, a, as a Dolphins fan, man, if he gets on the Jets, that division I'd, is scary next year. I'd be pissed, the Jets, bro. The With Jets Garrett Wilson are a, and all the, they are the, a good team. Brees Hall coming Brees back. Hall. The oh, offensive line no. is really good. I'm telling you. The, hey, today, my favorite quarterback can't go to my most hated team. Like That's not allowed. Let me put it allowed. this way. On the Super Bowl favorite odds, betting-wise, the Jets were like 10th on the list at the beginning of the day today. The news came out that they were flying a plane to go meet Aaron Rodgers. Just go meet him. And they jumped up to top five Super Bowl odds as far as favorites for next year. I'm telling you, bro, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, as much as Dolphins fans are going to hate it, as a Jets fan... It is a season for the ages that you're preparing for if Aaron Rodgers is healthy. I do not want it. But we've <laughs> never seen football where the Jets are good. Like, yeah, they went to the AFC Championship with Mark Sanchez and the boys like a couple years. You had Revis and stuff, but it still had the Jets feel. Like, you know, they're not going to do it. But I'm telling you, I, it's just if they get Aaron Rodgers with the, that young core of players, that offensive line and that defense – that team is going to be different next year. I don't know. They still have to play half of their games at MetLife. That's like a 75% chance that every one of their players is going to get hurt. So, so They will have two players tearing ACL at home next year. You watch. You know what Market I, I mean, bro. Fuck Shadamas. <laughs> Strikes Heard again. it here first, people. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick little break, hit you with the yo, 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 and we'll be back on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back. We're back in here with the boys. we got a few player comps for you because, you know, everybody likes to compare players to future stars, past stars, stars of today, just people that you know, give you a little glimpse of maybe what their game might be projected at as like a ceiling perhaps or just how we view the player overall. Um, So uh, I'll start off first. I got Tyree Wilson looking at his game a little bit, stature-wise, athleticism score-wise, Virtually the same combine. 
I've got Chandler Jones, and if his ceiling can get to be Chandler Jones, you figure Chandler, what, he led the league in sacks two or three seasons or was up there every year? Like, he's a beast off the edge. So if you're getting Chandler Jones with Tyree Wilson, Tyree's going to go in the top seven, and I think that's probably why is that projection right there. I mean, the dude's six foot six, uh, 271 pounds. He didn't do much of the combine. Like, he didn't really like do a 40 or any of those things. I that was something that upset me this year about the combine was how many drills people sat out on. Like if you're there, then why not do the drills? Why not give these measurables? But it's like they only did the ones that they thought they would crush. Like Quentin Johnson only did the vertical and the broad jump and that was it. He said fuck everything else. I don't mind when linemen don't do the 40 because they're never sprinting 40 yards like but that's defensive not ends? happening i'd like to see Edge that players, top end speed like, though i mean yeah you want to see the top end speed and like you want to get us some kind of a measurable on that but give me their three cone drill and their 10 yard splits like that's what i want to sleep and if those are giving you elite numbers you're looking at a badass coming off the edge there I mean, at six foot six, like you know what you're getting with the size, and like you can see on the the tape what type of speed the guy has. It's just, I feel like that it takes away from the fans, is the thing that I'm saying. Like it sucks for us as people that are just we don't get all of this th- to look at. We only get this limited yeah, it's, information. It's a circus, and we want the elephants to do tricks for us. Well, that sounds way worse than well, I meant that's, it. That's what it is. That's, that's what it <laughs> it's is. A, that's, you're totally right. You're totally that's what right. it is. So, uh, uh, okay, so uh, what about uh, Devin Witherspoon? If you had to give a comp for him, what would you comp him to? So five foot 11, 181 pounds, um, decent production out of college, looks similar to a Darius Slay. Uh, not exactly like everything um, – you know, top end speed wise, but like good enough quickness, like in the intermediate. He's really good at the point of attack. Like he's going to stay in your hip pocket and he's not necessarily going to keep up with burners or anything, but he's feisty at the ball. He's feisty at the line. And when you do get your hands on the ball, he breaks up a lot of passes. He only allowed a completion rate of 34.9% last year. Exactly. Did he even perform in the combine? No. How are we supposed to know how good he is? I mean, he game played film. a lot of college football. You, you just got done talking about how much game film you're grinding on here, Austin. Didn't you say, exactly. bro, yeah, this but is you what gotta, I do? You got to put two and two together, you know? I don't, need to see the go- I don't need to see the guys in shorts and T-shirts to let me know if they're good or not. The game film tells me everything I need to. That just confirms the athleticism that I see on film. Thank you. You just said it. It confirms it. So we would like to confirm how they good this guy is. Coming up. We, we want to see that he's not just playing against shitty competition. We want to see it. that his film isn't just a bunch of highlight tapes of interceptions that are fucking batted balls or something. I don't know. They still yeah. got pro days. Yeah, the pro days should give us some because like guys like this that don't do anything at the combine, like Quentin Johnson will do the forty on his pro day. Uh, they just don't like. to I just do think it. you go under the the radar a little bit when you not you basically don't do anything in the combine, not a single thing. I mean, Devin Witherspoon is is highly rated as far as like corners. He's a top five guy uh, as far as his rating from like the NFL combine. Um, 
like their next gen stats rating well he the it's not like he chose not to be at the combine like he was at the combine he interviewed and did everything like that got measurables but he was dealing with a hamstring issue so you're not going to go out there with a hamstring issue and try to run the 40 and make that worse so you're going to save it for the pro day no see that's interesting though he's already got a hamstring injury like boom yeah these dudes are also coming off a full season in college bro ah all the other guys are performing just fine these running backs that just pump their legs all day long, performing just fine. Okay, okay, Austin. Yeah, you just you, you've got overly <laughs> high standards. I see. Okay, well, I do. Um, all right. You pay so, you millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I got high standards. Okay, hey, well, oh, Mister Mister High Standards, comp me Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Who's his comp? Alvin Kamara? That boy, I see that smooth like Alvin Kamara. He slows down when he's running and it just has that same vision that Alvin does. It's crazy because he went to the same college, has the same type of hairstyle, but he just runs that way and he has the great hands like him. Plus, side is too is Alvin ran like a low 4 4, whereas Jameer ran in the fourth low 4 threes. Yeah, I mean, so he's Alvin Kamara with speed. speed. Yeah, so it's insane. Same thing whenever. Whenever you're watching, like the um, run, all the running backs do the passing drills. Bijan Robinson, I'm sorry, Bijan and um, and Jameer are the only two that really like stood out as just being fluid every time. I'd say that Bijan had more cuts, like his ability to jump cut and like his explosion and those types of things seemed a little bit better. But as far as smoothness. Gibbs seemed like he was like walking on water with his cuts and his flow and just like where he was running with the routes and getting the ball in his hand. Uh, it was very impressive. I think that he honestly might be my number one running back uh, over Bijan just because the league is going so much into the passing. I feel like this guy might be able to have more of a production whenever he hits the NFL that Bijan, he's like I said, his, his explosion is unreal. But that smoothness, man, that inability, like that vision, I, I don't know. I really like seeing Gibbs I at need, the combine. I need to send you some clips of Bijan, like, ducking and diving, like, five people at the line of scrimmage and taking off for 45 yards. Like, I'm telling you, if he stays healthy, man, which is the thing with all running backs, well, all players, really, but mostly running backs, I'm, you're getting, like, what Saquon Barkley should have been giving you these last, like, four years. Like it, Bijan, side, his side to I side loved, is. I elite. love Jameer, but to say like Jameer would be your number one over Bijan, that is blasphemy. And I'm just gonna not give you blasphemy. a chance right now. It's not blasphemy. No, not, it's it's not blasphemy. I'm not gonna take it back. He, like he I said, he has to, a more explosive. Give him, it's a one A one B situation. Okay. I think that Gibbs, but after Gibbs is the combine, 1B. is going to get drafted in the first round. I thought Gibbs that before 1B. the combine, uh, B. John Robinson probably the only running back taken in the first, and that it was stupid to do so. And I still think it's stupid to take either of them in the first because running backs shouldn't get paid that much. But a team's going to. Someone's going to pay Jamar Gibbs in the first round. Jameer Gibbs uh, yeah. in the first round. That type of money. Someone's going to do it. 
I, we've told you though, like don't pay running backs. Draft them early, get them longer. You're good. But you draft somebody in like a top fifteen or top twenty pick. You're still paying them like six, seven million dollars a year for those first round. You know, those first round positions are still very expensive. That's why quarterback, defensive end, offensive tackle are so great to take in that place because you're really only paying them a little amount compared to whenever they get to their veteran contract. Exactly. And that's, that's why, like I've, I've been hollering for a first round quarter or running back for the dolphins forever because of those reasons you, you get the extra, get especially when you have an extra pick in the first round, that's when you use that extra pick to go ahead and take a running back. You're, you're playing with house money at that point. So, but to move on to the next player comp, I, you know, I didn't want to do Anthony Richardson because, oh, we're going to comp him to Cam Newton. And, you know, that's just what we're doing there. But, uh, or, you know, uh, I don't want to do Debo. Bryce Young because we can comp him to Tua or Drew Brees because that's just all the comps you're going to see. So my comp for Will Levis is Jameis Winston. About the same body size. They can both run a little bit, but it's not their primary means of focus. Both play a little erratically, but they will make plays where you're just like, how the fuck did you do that? Also, though, you're questioning, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> That's the big one. So That's... there's that, there's a lot of Jameis in Will Levis's game. However, Jameis was number one pick coming out of college, Heisman winner, national championship winner. Like, Jameis was the real deal coming out, and... He just couldn't see, apparently, his first four or five years in the league, and he needed surgery in his eyeballs. Yeah. So this is – Will Levis is – you're getting Jameis with but vision. But he can see. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Exactly. And you don't so. have to spend a number one overall draft pick on him. I think that what teams look for now is a lot different. Because he can't run with his legs, you don't even look at him in the top five. Like, because he can't, on third down, third and seven, make the first down with his legs because the play broke down, then now he's not able to be a top-five quarterback. But that gunslinger mentality, that boomer bust on this throw, it, it can go either way. I mean, Brett Favre made a fucking career out of it. Uh, a lot of people have been very successful. It's just, in today's NFL, you really have to protect the ball. So if he comes out like Jameis did... And he's he's kind of throwing the ball in places that he shouldn't be. He's going to quickly find himself as a backup. Unfortunately, I don't, the, uh, I don't I don't know if I agree with this next comp of uh, Jackson Njigba Smith. Smith and Jigba. Think? Njigba Smith. You think Smith you think CD Lamb? That's a great comp. What are you talking about? How tall is Njigba Smith? Six two. That's all CD, like 6'4"? 6'2", 6'3"? 6'3", at right. the most. Slender builds, yeah. both good it's route not runners. Terrible. It's definitely not both terrible. Both have decent speed, like not blazing speed, but they're good speeds for wide receivers running in about the 4'4s. Four like, I think CD Lamb, if Smith, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba can come in, we're just going to say JSN from here on out. Like, that's JSN, a long-ass like name. That. So if JSN can come into the league and give you CD Lamb shit, that's awesome. I would. I love C.D. Lamb. I love C.D. Yeah. Lamb coming out. I was completely convinced if the Cowboys don't draft C.D. Lamb, the Dolphins were going to take him at the very next pick behind him. <laughs> that would be great I, for y'all. Instead of Waddle, 
Was it Waddle uh, that it, got picked? That would have been the same year where Tua was drafted, and then we took y'all took CD at seventeen, so we took Austin Jackson at eighteen. Austin yep. Jackson. I think that um, being six foot one and still being able to have a really good time in the three cone and the and the shuttle, it like showing that side to side speed, the elusiveness, the ability to kind of make cuts and and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of players that didn't do those drills and that's, for him to be the best of all the wide receivers i mean that's awesome and he on on a pretty wide margin as well that's where i wanted to kind of comp him to like calvin ridley in the prime we haven't seen ridley in a while but like i like ridley that gets them cuts and moves and just gets open in that separation and i think jigba smith will do that nicely his three cone drill was on par with julian edelman that's amazing. Who, That's amazing. Whose three cone drill was elite. Think about his how vert, short Julian is. It's just well, yeah. his vert was is, only a thirty five. Um, he's not a blazing runner. Like he's not going to take the top off, but he can fucking get open. Yeah, and that side to side. I mean, the fact that all right, you're not going to be open twenty yards down the field, but you're always going to be open within ten on those little slants, those little like inside cuts, uh, those like you know, corner route type things. Like whenever he's making those cuts, that seems like that's where he's really getting um, his benefit from. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., only player that I know of that's uh, an ex-player's uh, kid coming out looking like, uh, kind of like Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. He's he's thick body like that, eh? Uh, yeah, he stands boy. about 6'2", 6'3", about 220. Like he's... He's a big old boy out there at corner, but he, I mean, you know his dad. He's not scared to hit. He's not scared to come up and play in the run game. He's not the best as far as, you know, I guess, like getting his hands on the ball and creating turnovers. However, great at the point of line of scrimmage with his press and just fucking people up. And uh, also the, a lot of shit that I saw in his tape that I liked this year too was – his ability to not only react to plays, but also kind of engineer the defense, which is really hard to do from the corner's perspective. Yes. Because you're only seeing half the field. At six, two and a half, two, at running a four, four, six, 40, he is the exact prototypical size of all the receivers in the league. He's going to be able to fucking manhandle anybody. There's not going to be a receiver that's just going to be able to dog him because they're bigger than him or or anything. And he's got the speed to keep up with just about anybody. I mean, the, his his combine was absolutely I like amazing. the Marlon Humphrey comp, but I also think he could be comp to Richard Sherman. Okay. I mean, he's smaller than Sherman, and he's, he's a lot faster than Sherman. Um I'd honestly say uh, with that speed, man, if he's that's keeping up a nose for more, the ball. That's going to more like personality types. Like he's just okay. that alpha personality of I'm not afraid of you. So Xavier Howard, I feel like is 6'1", 6'2". He's kind of around the similar size and he was a similar speed coming out of college. If he can have that nose for the ball, then that little bit of handsiness that he has at the top of routes and his his problems won't be an issue because he'll be able to just track the ball well enough. Uh, that That's where I really could see him doing something like that. But it, that's that's a, a development. You know, Xavier Howard wasn't Xavier Howard when he got drafted. It took two seasons of him training in the NFL before he became who he was. 
Yep. Who would you guys comp uh, CJ Stroud to? I See, would say that's why I didn't put him Patrick, on here. He... Patrick Mahomes, baby. He's Absolutely got the arm not. of it and the and the, the, the legs. I don't know why you're so against that. He what is, he is that he Patrick Mahomes do that is Patrick a one does. of one. He is I get not, no, I get that Patrick that. is that. It's the game style. He is him. He is not the improviser. CJ Stroud came out and was rated out of high school as a pro style quarterback, not a dual threat. He he and, plays, but that's what most, he's but that's what he's plays that was high made from the in college at Ohio State. Most of his plays were made from the pocket. And he I get that because it's college and he wants to be safe. But we, I also know his athletic ability and what he can do. And when he's doing that with his arm, it's going to make it to where doing things with his legs is that much easier. When he's yes. rolling out of the pocket, you, everyone's rolling back and scooting back because they're squirting at him throwing, and then they, he just scoots for a first down. See, like, I think that that's what Patrick of, Mahomes does. I think that it'd be safer to give him more of a Phillip Rivers as far as like someone okay. that's all right, uh, now we're done. Issue, now we're the, done. Moving on. Philip Rivers. Moving arm, on. Right, like shut the Philip Rivers fuck doesn't up, have Phillip the legs. Rivers, like because like maybe you could give him an Andy Luck like Dude, type what? of thing, but like because like Philip Rivers is a gunslinger. He's he's the guy that makes the throw, but it's not just like the timing throw every time. He he puts it down the field. Whenever I see CJ Stroud on tape, like the dude is definitely trying to move the ball downfield. Like that's his thing. So that's why I say Philip Rivers. That's what Philip Rivers' thing was. Coach, you, you gave us great takes all the time. I'm just going to let you know that was a bad take. Okay? That was a bad yeah, take. Yeah. I don't like so Philip Rivers for way better for CJ than Philip Rivers. I think the whole fan base will agree with me. So CJ Stroud, if I had to comp his game to somebody, it's more Joe Burrow than it is okay. Patrick Mahomes. And you know like, what Joey Burrow can, likes to do? He can make, he can make plays with his yes. legs, but that is not his <sighs> priority. Whereas Patrick has no problem at all rolling out of the pocket and sidearming that bitch down the field. It's not just Patrick's ability to roll out and make plays down the field. It's his arm angles and the way he whips the ball and the way he just tosses it out there, which really you you should not teach a quarterback to do. He's like Colby said, he's one of one. So yeah, no, I get again, that. He's above watch, them, but just it's watching, just someone to compare to watching gameplay to model your game. He after. comps a lot more to like Joe Burrow style of play than he does. Mahomes I like that. Style of play. I definitely like that comp. Because Joe still gets going with his legs. I mean, he's got a knee injury to show because of it. Took on Chase Young on the goal line. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, you know, while we're rolling on it there, uh, we're just going to touch into our – we get to bring the Angels subject back this week for everybody because, you know, we had some guys in the combine that maybe put a halo around their head. Uh, Colby, who, who do you think improved their stock the best at the combine this week? So a lot of people have uh, Quentin Johnson, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, all these guys um, really high on their list. And I think Jalen Hyatt from uh, Tennessee, with the drills that he ran and how he performed in those drills, he was almost at the very top. For vertical, he was uh, a half an inch below Quentin Johnson. And then his 40 time was like top six. His everything that he competed in, he competed at a very high level. 
NFL Combine gave him the highest grade of all the wide receivers. I think that that's impressive. Like, based off of the production grade, the Combine grade, and, and all of that information. So I just, I think that um, as far as, like, stock increase, that there's other players that are going to get taken before him, but he definitely moved up quite a bit just off of what he did. But that's where... 40, man. That shit's fast. Yeah. Well, see... That's where I think you make a great point as his stock going up and other guys potentially him jumping because I had Jordan Addison rated high, much higher and I think he potentially probably jumped him this week because Addison's combine scores just were not what you were hoping to see. Like his three cone wasn't very good. His 40 was, you know, for his size, you would have expected it. He's 5'11", six foot. You're hoping for low four fours. You know, he run like, or yeah, high four. He ran in the high four fours, uh, low four fives, I believe. And to me, it's just, that's not the athleticism you want to see. He's a Blitnikoff winner. He's led the league or led the nation in receiving. So the ability is there. However, I think now though, and this, uh, these rumors started popping up this week, could be a potential target for the Steelers reunite him with his old Pittsburgh quarterback and Kenny Pickett. And, you know, the Steelers are just known for developing wide receivers. I, I think that that'd be great for them, especially the size six foot, 176 pounds is a little bit small. I'd like for him to put on another 10 pounds and keep the four, four speed. Um, the, the big thing is that like a team like Pittsburgh, they, know how to make a receiver like I mean that's fucking Antonio Brown all day like you're waiting for it with that guy and they already have it's not Pickett it always fucks me up the two uh, rookies that they got last year Pickens 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 from last year I mean looks absolutely phenomenal so having another young guy to to pair him with I mean I think that because of Pickens probably not Pittsburgh I think that there's teams like Houston at um I think they pick again at 12 that are going to need a receiver. So Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson are like the bigger set guys. And that's why like they're more appealing. And then you get to Jalen Hyatt and then like Josh Downs. How big is Josh Downs? Is he a small guy or is he decently sized? Yeah, see, 5'9". So yeah. But he's the second ranked overall wide receiver next uh, based on next gen stats. So like I mean, Jalen Hyatt's first, you know, 80, overall 89, dude. Like, that's what you like to see. That's what I would have put him as, the first overall receiver All right, Austin. Combine. So, who who was your angel? Oh, that boy AR-15, Anthony Richardson, coming out of the UF, baby. Chomp, chomp. That boy had a great combine day. I now, think he might have had the best. Yeah, he was absolutely Maybe. the biggest story. I mean, like, not rated as the best though. Like they didn't grade him the best. No, no, no. I think that he had the best combine day though. Like in yeah, his measurables, everything that you got to see from him was just I mean, everything well, it was exactly what you needed to see to know that I this think, guy's the guy. I think he absolutely jumped Will Levis as far as the rankings in most people's minds of quarterbacks in this yep. draft. And simply because well where Levis might be the better guy coming in like early on as a rookie, Anthony Richardson is the one guy in this draft that has superstar potential. 
with his athleticism. And now go back. You have to watch the game tape and really break down his film. And there is a bunch of shit he needs to work on his timing, his accuracy, his uh, poise in the pocket. He's, he's absolutely got to work on that. He can't just bail out and use his legs as much as he's relying on. I mean, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions last year in the sec. You would think, you know, he would put up something better. What I would look at is his 53.8% completion percentage. That's way too low. That's totally agreed. He played in college though. In college, they're willing to go to the run faster. Florida had no wide receivers. That's what I was just about to say. Notice there's no wide receivers coming out of Florida or running backs coming out of Florida this year for the draft. It's just Anthony Richardson. So there, but I will, he is, he is the most set up for all I have to say is six foot four, 244 pounds, four, four, three, 40. Oh my fucking God. Like that is an athlete. Obi just creamed himself. That's, um, the tight end for, (laughs) that's the tight end for, uh, for Atlanta. Way way more impressive way more impressive than Kyle Pitts way more impressive than all the defensive ends that run these crazy 40s because this guy is built to throw the ball to to run the helm he is going to be extremely durable extremely his, durable his like, comp is Cam Newton rightfully so absolutely just, it's so who hard else? not to who else but who else is faster. even like that yeah he's exactly he's faster and if he can develop and that's where I think that in some ways like paying Daniel I'm, Danny Dimes is so silly because guys like this are going to be coming out so frequently these athletes are going to be coming into the quarterback position realizing that they can be NFL quarterbacks for the first five or six seasons of their career and be superstars because that's all that they need to be is athletic and able to protect the ball. I'm I'm so excited for this guy. Have you seen the side-by-side runs of the 40-yard dash with Anthony Richardson and uh, Cam Newton yeah. and Tim Tebow? Yeah. It's uh, pretty sick. He just yeah. blows past them all. My angel, I've got Blake Freeland, offensive Ooh, tackle out of BYU. Now he what he's not highly rated on like most people's boards. However, this it's fairly deep offensive tackle class, if I'm gonna be completely honest. But I do think that man made himself some money this week. He straight up came into the combine, had the highest ever vertical jump by an offensive lineman in combine history at 37 inches. Was first in the broad jump at 10 feet, second in the 40 yard dash. It ran a, just under a five second 40 at 498, and was first in his 10 yard split. I've told you, offensive and defensive linemen, I look at that 10 yard split. That athleticism for an offensive tackle for at the six, Miami eight, 302. Thinking my brain would draft, it always goes to how would they fit on the Dolphins. If you're giving me this guy, his size, he's six foot seven. The Dolphins have Teron Armstead, who busted onto the scene at the draft coming out of Arkansas Pine Bluff because of his athleticism. This guy has the same type of mold to him. Now, if his ceiling can become Teron Armstead, it's fucking awesome, and somebody's going to get an absolute steal late in the draft. Look, third, fourth round, maybe. 
I think with this combine, he maybe pushed himself up into a second round contention, just depending on where the run of offensive tackles go. But I loved what I saw out of him in the combine. And for these teams that don't have first round picks this year, looking at the back end of the draft, he's somebody that you're absolutely putting a star next to and you're just watching their name. Having that low production in college uh, definitely hurts a lot, especially at the position, because all of these athletic things aren't technique. Uh, offensive line is an 80% technique, 20% athleticism compared to like defensive tackle. Defensive tackle at defensive end has a lot to do with athleticism. I think that um, being the most athletic, though, especially with the measurables that he put up everywhere, I mean, that's, it's like you said, he flew up people's boards. He definitely made everyone put a little star next to his name to at least pay attention to him. I mean, big fucking you Utah think boy. he's going top 10, 15, 20, 25, second round, third round? Definitely well, that, first round. Definitely, like, so he's, you think he's a top offensive tackle off the board? If, so, like no. Who, for Freeland? Blake Freeland. No, see, for me, I, he was ranked, like, I had him ranked at maybe as, like, my eighth or ninth, and he but jumped he's a like, couple spots. This He's just like, someone that's solid that you would see, like, someone picking up and being like, that's great for them. Exactly. He's probably and a he, day two guy. Well, he's maybe also day three. On the, He's also on the older side, like most guys coming out of BYU are, but he's, you know, coming, you're drafting him. He's 24, 25 years old. So you're not getting as many like of those young developmental Four years. Four year starter him. though. Four year but starter he, in college means also, that he's already should be developed. And he's also more ready to come in and play and learn on the fly than some of these 20 year old kids are, which, you know, it just makes sense. Just brain development. Tell you right now, that boy looks soft as fuck. I want to see him pancake some people. I want to see you tell him face to face that he looks soft. <laughs> Bro, you forget I'm six five. I don't. I'll fucking that. pancake that motherfucker. I, I, I see that. I I still want to see that. I would pay money to see that. Pay it. Call him up. Blake. I'll get my shot. I'll finally get my shot. My chance at the glory. You know so what you it, sound like. Brucey from the longest yard. It's Brucey's time to shine. It's Brucey's time to shine, baby. All right, guys. So I think that's all we got for you this week. We took a break from the off-season previews just because there was a shit ton of news and had to dive into the combine for you guys. Now, even though free agency's coming up and guys are going to start getting snatched up, we've still got these off-season outlooks for you because, you know, we're going to dive into the Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, and Saints next week. So, Pretty much the NFC South minus the Buccaneers. Why we're not doing the Buccaneers? That's because we're going in the order of how they finished last year. So, fuck you guys. It's our show, and we'll do what we want to. But, hey, <laughs> as I say that, please like, subscribe, follow, and do what you need to so that way we can get the support and keep growing this little bitch and see what we can do with it. Guys, hey, any final words for the people out there? Yeah, follow me at Austin underscore PFP on Twitter. And the pod at pro football underscore pod and you can follow justin at at hulk underscore pfp and you can catch my boy coach at coach underscore pfp peace out love i, I really love how you morphed into like a surfer towards the end of that that was perfect